What's going on, everyone? Today is January 16th, 2024, and you are joining us on the Invested in Hockey podcast. My name is Anthony Santini, joined here with Eric Wilson. And today we're going to be talking about the NHL, everything that's happened in the last week, and what we think might happen in the coming week. We haven't really been too good with predictions, but we'll see what we do. Um, so, Eric, what's going on, man? How was your weekend? What, uh, how was school today? You know what? Um, everything's been good. School's been good. Um, definitely a grind getting back into things. Um, trying to stay active. I feel like sports have been exciting in general, not just hockey. We talk about it a lot, but um, as, as Canadians, we didn't have a holiday on Monday. Um, in the States, they had Martin Luther King Day, so it was a little nice for us to watch some sports while we were you know, in class, on the way home, things like that. So um, been able to chill um, as well as that grind. How about you? Yeah, nothing better than watching like the afternoon sports games. Even just being able to like be in class or, you know, walking home from class and you're listening to the game or just kind of chilling on the couch, eating something, making some lunch or something and you get to watch like the Bruins Devils for example yesterday. It was a great game. Bruins win 3 nothing and uh, you know, someone that looked really good for me was Nico Dawes, but I don't want to get into that topic too much because, you know, today's going to be a chill podcast. I don't want people getting rattled, but Nico for Dawes sure. will probably be the starter that helps the Devils won the Stanley Cup, just saying. Never mind. Um, let's start us off with a good topic that we're 52 days away from, the NHL trade block, and it looks like a big name for the NHL is right at the top of that trade block, Trevor Zegras. Yeah, so first off, I'm very surprised when I looked at TSN's trade bait board uh, today. Trevor Zegras is all the way down to number 14, um, and I believe this is due to his injury, uh, his most recent injury. And all I have to say is, like, out of that list, obviously there's a ton of guys on that list. You guys have guys like Elias Lindholm, but Zegers at 14, like I think he's going to get moved, and I think he's one of the most talented guys on that list with the most one of the most potential. Um, and I think that whoever lands Trevor Zegers is going to get a gift. Um, I'm very excited for what's to come. Um, I'm definitely going to give a prediction, maybe in a few minutes, to of, of where I think he should go. And, yeah, I'd love to hear you that. You know, I, don't, I might be the first person in the world to say he will land X, but. There's a lot of uh, trade, that, trade deadline moves that are going to make sense that will not happen, unfortunately, just because we always expect so much. And then, you know, some years you get disappointed. Some years you're a little surprised and, you know, we see things happen. A lot of first-round picks maybe get moved. But I don't know. What are you expecting out of this year's deadline? I mean, to kind of stay back on that topic of Trevor Zegers and, you know, we'll turn into what's to be expected, but I just don't see Zegris staying on this team just because they have so much young talent with Leo Carlson, McTavish, and even they're a little bit deeper. Like, they have Sam Carrick on that fourth line, who's a pretty good hockey player. And, uh, you know, to see Zegris, who a player almost two years ago, everyone thought he was going to be the face of the league. And, you know, I was a big fan of Zegris. I am still a big fan of Zegris. I do like his game, but I just personally don't see enough hockey production from him. Sure, he is flashy. He is, you know the star-studded young kid that everyone loves and you see him on Instagram and everything, I just don't see him as one of those players like, for example, a JT Miller that can really be a game-changer or someone like Kale McCarr that can really, you know, change the course of a power play. He's a good hockey player, but I just don't think he is what people make him out to be. Yes, and, and I'm not going to counter that take. I know we're not going to be uh, too too challenging of each other's takes today, but I will say that the way the league's been in the last few years, we see a lot of young talent and we see like um, fans and even analysts over um, over expect for a player. And, and another example of this is Cole Coffey in Montreal, right? You see people expecting 
30 plus 40 plus goals and it, it's a little um, you know it's like you're disappointed when you see these players underachieve but you know it doesn't mean they're not a great hockey player it doesn't mean they're not going to be great right like especially when they're under the age of 26 we talked about that in a, a recent podcast so I think for Trevor Zegas it's not about him being like a JT Miller type of player or a Kale McCart type of player guess what he wasn't supposed to be like although he was a I want to say top 10 pick what I don't know where he was drafted but I, I just think, I think like he was drafted seven yeah, maybe seventh overall I think I'll he's doing check. just fine and I think people just need to be patient um and again we see that with a lot drafted of other players ninth overall yeah ninth overall okay yeah I really just think um especially with a team that trades for him you're not looking at like okay this guy's gonna win us a cut maybe this year you're looking at the future and like what the future holds is is infinite, right? We don't know. Yeah, that's why it's a little bit frustrating because when you talk Trevor Zegers and you talk to even just the average fan, everyone thinks like, oh, star-studded talent, young kid that can really change a franchise. Like, you're going to build around this guy. But that's really not the case. And I'm not saying he's a bad hockey player by any means. I just personally don't think that trading for Trevor Zegers, acquiring Trevor Zegers, or having Trevor Zegers in your lineup day in, day out is really going to, like, push you closer to a Stanley Cup considering the difference that maybe trading for a goaltender could. But like I said, a little bit of a different conversation for another day. We'll see where Zegers ends up and hard to kind of judge with uh, everything that's happened to him this offseason with his contract and uh, the injuries that have happened. So hoping for the best for him and that he can land on a good team. I'm just thinking, what team do you think he's going to land on? Yeah, I'm glad you at least asked me that question before we kind of move on. Um, We'll do that other deadline talk regarding other players a little later on. But I... It's a really weird take, maybe, and like this is just something I see. But I think Trevor Zegers will be a Boston Bruin, and it uh, there's there's just a bit of correlation with the way that Trevor Zegers plays and the lack of of center talent that the Anaheim Ducks have. Sorry, the Boston Bruins have in terms of skill at the center position. We see a lot of uh, a lot of hate before the season started about, okay, you got Pavel Zaka as your first line center. Good luck. Uh, you got Charlie Coyle. Good luck, guys. But I think that Trevor Zegers could gel amazingly with a guy like David Pasternak. Trevor Zegers is a great playmaker, and like he doesn't get credited for that just because he's so flashy and he loves to do the Michigan. But there's a reason he's a top-10 pick, I think, and I think that he'll be a Boston Bruins. So I'm glad that I can look back on this in a couple uh couple months and say I, I was right <laughs> wow nice that's a bold little take there at the end too I mean as Bruins fans you got to be happy and like I said I was a Zegers fan like when he was a rookie everything was so flashy so nice but as a player starts to progress in the league you start to compare him to other players and you know trophies and accolades and all this stuff and obviously Zegers really hasn't been able to do that too much playing with Anaheim but my take although I think the Bruins is a sharp take I think that even though they've made a trade this summer or sorry, this this season just happened a couple weeks ago. Do you think it could happen? These two teams just made a trade. A team that you like. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, Philadelphia. I think that Philly is missing a lot down the middle, and Zegers can assist that and kind of help them make that final, you know, young playoff push because they're kind of in the playoffs, out of the playoffs. People don't know what direction, if they're going to be buyer sellers at the deadline. I just think – Getting a player like Zegers at the deadline can not only help you this year, kind of in the spot they're in, not a contender, am I a contender? But, you know, five years down the road, you could kind of look back and say, you know, we only gave up like a couple picks and maybe a prospect. Like for me, I think personally Zegers is going to get traded for maybe 
like a second and maybe like a highly touted prospect, maybe not anyone too insane, but the way that this season has been going for Zegers, I don't think that he's worth multiple first-round picks. I, f- I feel like that's fair to say. Okay, I, I like that take about, again, Philly. Honestly, nobody knows, and sure, when you look back, you might be able to chirp us if we're not, right? But yeah. I don't hear many people actually giving their take on where Zegers is go 50 days before the deadline, oh, so right? You're, so, so you're saying you're keeping receipts on them? I'm definitely going to keep receipts on, wow. on people, not just, not just you, but... Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Zegers. Hey, maybe he stays, but he's at he's at the lowest lowest value right now. Yeah, that is correct. So again, why, been, maybe yeah. it's like why why do you trade him when he's at that lowest value, right? Like I think right just after- because Anaheim sorry to cut you off there, but Anaheim has just been like so maybe not overachieving, but they've been playing some good hockey this year and kind of. Some of their young players have really made a big step. Like you see Leo Carlson coming in. And he's coming back off injury, and he made a massive step. Like, he was playing almost their plan at the beginning of the year, I think, was play a game, sit a game, play a game, sit a game, and kind of just roll that way. But it came to a point where they're like, we can't take this guy out of the lineup. Like, he's one of the best players on our ice, on the ice. You see that. You see McTavish. You see Mintkov on the back end playing well. And it's kind of like, you know, Zegers really hasn't made that big step past, like, a 60-point score that some of the uh, these other players yeah. have. Okay, well, I do have to ask you this then. So, Zegers, I think, has a career high of 65 points, maybe 61, one of the 65. two. 65. 65. Okay, so you mentioned Mason McTavish just taking a large step. If Mason McTavish is finished, finishes this season with 65 points in 82 games, why is the hype surrounding McTavish going to be so much higher than it was for Zegers when he scored 65 points at the same age that McTavish is right now? I mean, I just think because McTavish has played half the amount of games that Zegers has. Like, when you look at Zegers, Zegers has played 200 games in the NHL, where McTavish has played 125. And if you kind of backtrack the 25 games that have already been played this season, kind of to break it to 200, 100, and half, McTavish has really grown his game. And even watching him when he played for the Bulldogs, he was so offensively gifted and talented. And he's kind of like a powerhouse defenseman. And I know you said, although... At the age that McTavish is at and Zegers, you can kind of see a discrepancy between the two. And it's weird to say that McTavish is having a great season, even though he's done things that Zegers has already done, but people aren't, you know, touting Zegers for what he's done. Uh-huh. I just think because McTavish doesn't have that full 82-game season career just yeah. yet, yeah. I think last year he played a ton of games, but this is kind of like only his second year in the league. Yeah. And he's I, really playing this well. I get what you're saying. I guess my point here is like we see how much recency bias is yeah, you know, prevalently no available in the media no with fans. Like, I, I don't know. It's great to see that <laughs> everyone's loving a guy like McTavish right now. But at the end of the day, like, you never know what's going to happen with these prospects slash young guys, right? They haven't played a full season. We'll see what happens, but you got to hope for the best for this uh, this young core in Anaheim. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, no doubt. So let's move off finally of talking from Zegers. But I'm going to name a couple prospects for you that are on the TSN trade bait list. And this uh, list was released on January 10th. The writer for this was published by Steve Dryden, TSN hockey contributor, working for the Toronto Sports Network. So I'm going to name you five players, and you're going to tell me, you know, do you think they will get moved? Even though they are at the top of the list, do you think it makes sense All compared right. to maybe what the team will ask in return, what a team yeah. wants to give to them? So whenever sure. you're ready. I'm, I'm ready, yeah. First off, goaltender Jake Allen for Montreal. 
Um, I think that Jake Allen will get traded, and the reason is because there's been a lot of coverage about about Jake Allen, um, and that's more of like a veteran move. I I think um, he's played in the league a long time. He's had good stretches, bad stretches, and teams know what they're trading for. They're not. There's no like question marks there. You're not expecting a lot, but you do have expectations, and you're gonna make that clear when you trade for a player. So I think he'll get he'll get moved somewhere. Maybe a package deal. Second up, Sean Monahan, also for Montreal. Maybe a team like maybe Calgary or something can, that is looking to trade away a goalie. They could kind of, you know, if they don't get a deal done on Markstrom, teams could kind of look at Montreal and say, hmm, Jake Allen and Sean Monahan could really help us with that third line and also a goaltender issue. But, you know, well, Sean we, ha- we have seen players go back to, to those original teams too. I would say the, the first thing I'm going to talk about um, I think I asked you this question. We were on the bus one day or something, and I asked you about what Monaghan would get, and I believe you said uh, X and X. I'll let you, you state that in a minute. But Monaghan's contract is great for the way he's playing. Um, I know that under under the pressure in Montreal, he's doing great. Um, wins, draws, plays PP1, plays top, you know, top-line minutes most of the time. And he actually is contributing to a lot of these young guys' development, such as uh, Jesse Lonen, uh, Cole Caulfield, guys like that. I think... Uh, in the locker room as well. So I think that Monaghan will get moved, but I really hope that he gets what um, gets what he deserves because a team's going to use that help. Yeah, most definitely. So before I go back on the receipts, um, Sean Monaghan is making about $2 million on a one-year deal playing for Montreal. And I think a team that is in the playoff hunt and the Stanley Cup hunt can use a player like Monaghan. But like we said, to go back on the text message that we were chatting about when we were talking about this list and kind of preparing for talking about it today. Um, you know, I kind of said, I don't think that Monaghan's going to get moved just because I think he's going to, or Montreal's going to ask for way too much considering how well he is playing this year in comparison to his contract. His contract's good. He's a little bit older, but he's still playing well. He could fit a system. And sources have said that the Montreal Canadiens are asking for a first-round pick and a prospect, not only a prospect, but a good prospect. Like they're asking for around two to third round potential prospects. So mm-hmm. for me, I just don't find the return on investment buying into Monaghan being that, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? You're, you're not going to get the return compared to what they're asking for by yeah. acquiring Monaghan, I don't believe. I, I can understand that take. That, that's a good take by you. Um, we'll really see because like, at the end of the day, he's a centerman, and centermen just play that role on a team, right? There's there's half the centermen that there are wingers, so it's like he's gonna play a role um, on a playoff team if he gets traded. It's not, of course, he wouldn't be traded to a weaker team, but um, yeah, you made some good points about Monahan, so we'll move on to the next player. Yeah, so the third player is Andre Kuzmenko, and I just kind of want to state for everyone listening, kind of what the situation that Kuzmenko's in. So Kuzmenko was a rookie last season playing for the Vancouver Canucks, and he came from the KHL where he was a pretty good player, goal scorer, and almost out of nowhere, he comes into the NHL, plays 82, 81 games, almost a full season, and scores just close to 40 goals. He had 39 goals last year. And everyone was up in arms, like, who is this guy? Where'd he come from? Like, he's on a good contract. He only made, like, I think it was five and a half, six million dollars. But this season, it looks like he's in the doghouse with Rick Tockett playing on that third line, and everything's just kind of blown up. So if you're a team looking to trade for Kuzmenko, how can you rationalize giving up 
the price that they're going to ask for a 40-goal score when you've only ever seen that once, and it looks like he's been brutal this season on a good team too. I know. It's really weird because you talk about like the sacrifices that sometimes a team or a player needs to take uh, in order for team success, and I think that's the exact situation Kuzma goes in where last season, sure, he scored close to 40 goals, but that team wasn't succeeding. That team wasn't playing well as a team, and now you look at the situation that his old line mate, Elias Pettersson, is where he's he's um, succeeding a lot more just because of the guys that are around him. And it doesn't mean they were bad line mates. Of course, Kuzmenko scored 40 goals, but sometimes you got to do what's best for a team. And I don't think that trading Kuzmenko is, would be the right right choice for them. No, I don't think so either. And our – oh, no, we still have two more to go. So we're going to fly through these. So we got Jake Gensel for the Pittsburgh Penguins, who has found himself 13th on TSN's trade bait. You can't move Gensel. You can't move him because it just doesn't make sense. That team, they're going for a playoff push here. I think they're going to make the playoffs just because of uh, the way that the Devils have fallen off. We're going to talk about that in a bit. But I think the Penguins are a playoff team, no doubt. And I think that Crosby-Gensel combo is underrated, and they can get it done, and you need them on your team. Yeah, one of uh, one of the, the best goalies that is on this list is Jacob Markstrom. And it's kind of surprising to see him – you know, being moved because he's on a good contract, not on a good team. But I don't really find a reason to trade Markstrom if you're Calgary. Like, you kind of have a good goaltender. Let's just keep him here. It's going to kind of turn out to one of those situations like John Gibson where they almost don't want to move him because they're probably asking too much. But what do you think? Where do you think uh, what's going to happen I don't know where Markstrom would end up, to be honest with you. I don't think that many teams need a starting goalie. Um, the, we're going to mention a goalie later in, in Merzlikens who might find a new home. But for Markstrom, I don't think he's getting moved. I, I think him and Vladar do fine in Calgary, and we'll, we'll see. It is just it is what it is, right? Yeah. Well, uh, well, actually, let's wrap up that Markstrom kind of situation to kind of tee us off into our next topic just because we want to talk about, you know, trades and everything like that. And obviously it's going to be so much fun when the trade deadline hits. But Merzlikens, sorry, was uh, – he came out last week and he requested a trade from the Columbus Blue Jackets and he hasn't played a game since I believe it was December 16th or December 29th. I have those two numbers in my head. A little bit of a difference, but he hasn't played in a while and he came yesterday, beat the Vancouver Canucks in shootout and he was very frustrated in his post-game interview. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, um, I didn't watch the interview. I just watched that those those kind of the posts, the tweets uh, and you never like to see that negative stuff. I mean, Columbus got the win, but it just shows sometimes you get the two points and it doesn't mean you're happy, right? It doesn't mean you're satisfied. And I think that for Mislikens, he is at the age where it's now or never. you got to show who you are, and he probably just is in that spot where he doesn't feel like he can show it all in Columbus just because of the opportunity he's been given and a little bit about, about the team he's playing uh, in front of, right? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, you know, with his play and the team in front of him, but it's not like the goaltenders that are taking his spots are playing any better. I think they're, I like, this is just going right off the top of my head, but I think they're like 1-5-1 and one since his last start. Like, they've just been brutal. So, you know, hopefully Merzlikens can get traded. Another goaltender that, you know, we'll probably find his name on March 8th, you know, in the discussions at least, but it's like, he kind of plays like a backup goaltender. Teams kind of value him as a backup goaltender. I don't think that Columbus will do the same, but hopefully the situation could kind of, you know, work itself out. And 
you know, getting into our next topic, a topic that we've been working on the past week and something we worked really hard on and yeah. uh, are very excited for. Super hype, super stoked for this. I'll let you introduce it. So we are going to predict our 2026 Olympic rosters. I, Anthony Santini, will be predicting Team Canada's roster while Eric Wilson worked very hard, talked to multiple sources, and did lots of research just to as I did as well, yep. and predict the USA roster. Oh, yeah, I'll give you your credit as well because just because we're Canadian does not mean that Canada is easier. I mean, of course, we used to watch all that Olympic hockey, and it's great to see both sides of it. So um, for sure, I'm excited to, to kind of go into your roster there for Canada. So. Yeah, sweet. So without further ado, I will be naming what I think the Team Canada Olympic roster in 2026 will look like. So we're going to start off on the first line. In no particular order too much with who's going to play left and center and right, but I think you'll be able to get a little bit of an image yeah. in your head. So starting us off, we have Mitch Marner, Connor McDavid, Connor Bedard, Jonathan Huberdeau, Nathan McKinnon, Sam Reinhart, Marshawn, Point, Marcia So, Travis Konechny, hot take, oh, yeah. Sidney Crosby, and Matthew Barzell. So... In the Olympics, you need to have, I believe it's 14 forwards. So my extras are going to be Steven Stamkos and Robert Thomas. Okay. All right. I, I honestly love that, again, this whole hot take thing. This is kind of the whole Invested in Hockey podcast revolves around some hot takes. And, again, we have to be honest with ourselves. We're going to, we're going to be genuine. If we think something, if we believe in something, we're going to say it. So, again, I, I really like that you brought in a guy like Travis Connecting and even on the extras putting in Robert Thomas I do want to kind of hear some some rationale there um and then obviously you, you can go into your defense and now now as well so yeah I think like to kind of get on that topic with Crosby on that fourth line I know people don't love it but when we look two years down the road that's kind of where I'm looking at for this team and I'm not looking at you know who's good right now and although Huberto hasn't been amazing I don't think he's going to go another two years playing this bad. And looking at Sam Reinhart, although he has been amazing this season and is a big reason why he's found himself on this list, I just watching him play and how talented he is, I think he's going to do just fine on this Olympic roster. Um, talking Robert Thomas, I think there might be a hole on that fourth line Yeah. where, you know, will Crosby still be good? Will he be bad? That's kind of... Up in the air, I don't have an answer for that. Obviously, no one does. But I feel like it's a little bit disrespectful to not say that he will be just as talented. So I'll yeah. keep it on the list. But I feel like, you know, Stamkos, Robert Thomas, maybe even a player like Shifley. Well, Shifley's Canadian, right? Yeah. Could find himself on that fourth line center role. Um, but without further ado, I will go to the defense now because I sure. want to give you a little bit of time to do it. We got Morgan Riley, Kale McCarr, Josh Morrissey. Jamie Drysdale, Owen Power, and Devontae's. Our extras are going to be Noah Dobson and Shea Theodore. Wow. Okay, there you go. Um, honestly, a lot, of, a lot of good defensemen there. Um, the one tweak I would say that's possible is throwing Dobson into the lineup just because he's a right-handed shot, yeah. and you only have uh, Makar there as the right shot, right? Drysdale yeah. and Taze are left shots, but I, I totally understand. It's like, who knows, right? Who knows how Dobson yeah, looks sure. in two years? Um, solid lineup there. I, I don't have a problem with it at all. Appreciate it. Yeah, and then uh, defending our crease, I believe it's going to be Carter Hart with the start, and then the backup will be Logan Thompson, and then they have to have an extra goalie. I think it's going to be Devin Levi. Let's see how he develops. It's kind of a hot take just because he hasn't 
been great this season, but Aiden Hill could also jump up, take that role, so we'll see. But I feel like the Canadian goalies, there's not too many options unless, you know, a player like Casa, I believe, mm-hmm. could come out of nowhere and, you know, steal the show. But I feel like those goalies are uh, pretty good. Yeah, honestly, I've never really thought of the connection between Devin Levi and Carter Hart, but I think he'd be a, a good mentor for Levi just because he's probably, say, five years older, has five more years experience, has played for a bottom 10 team before in Philly. Levi's in that exact position where, you know, Buffalo's a bottom 12, bottom 15 team, we'll call it, just so there's no yeah. controversy. But yeah. um, I think they could definitely work together. I think, you know, Thompson's confidence is still rising. Yeah, who, who knows where they're at, but I think Hart's definitely um, kind of the guy you have to go with as a starter now. So, yeah, 2026 is, is two years away. It's it's definitely interesting to see. Um, I think this roster looks pretty solid. Um, now, one more thing to mention, I guess. Um, I know we don't want to go too long into this this topic, but a guy you didn't mention on forward that I love is Carter Verhage. Wow. Yeah, I, I, it's not someone that really crossed my mind too much. He hasn't really been as good as he was last year. Obviously, you know, a rookie for Tampa Bay moves over to Florida and was a big piece of that Stanley Cup rush last year that they had. And kind of one of those players like Kachuk, like Reinhardt, that stood out massive just because of that run. I don't – I've never loved Verhage's game. I don't find him too much of an offensive threat, and that's almost – Oh, that's a hot take. You know, that's a, a hot take, It's a take, little man. bit of a hot take just because I think, you know, with Verhage scoring, what, what do you have, like 35, 40 goals last year? Oh, yeah. I don't know. He hasn't really kept it up this year too much. No, he has. He has. Yeah. I don't think so. He has like, over he 20 has, goals, yeah. No, he doesn't. Does yeah, he, he have, does. like, 15? No, like 23 goals, 20 apples, yeah. So he, then, he's a stud, man. I, I, That's a very hot take by you. So, so then maybe I'm talking – 23 goals this year in 43 games. So compared to last year scoring 42, let's see if he'll keep it up. But he was never a – he was always a 20-goal scorer. So I don't know if by 2026 he'll be able to keep that up. I hope he does, obviously. But I just don't feel like he would be put into the lineup over a player like Mark Stone or, you know, even Zach Hyman maybe. I understand what you're saying. that You want to see more consistency out of him. But, but sure. obviously – and again, like hot takes are, are totally fine. I just I, – I think he's a stud. Um he he cooked our Bruins in the playoffs there, so that's a little why if I why why I kind of know he has that sniper ability. But uh, yeah, you you had some great players on the list. No real snubs. Uh, I can't wait to ch- chat about this in a few years when you know Fantilli's two years older, but right. but two years older. Like you never know. You never know. Now there's so many guys who are hidden, have that hidden ability just because of what team they're on right now, right? Like you know, Kent Johnson even's hidden into Columbus. Not not saying he's going to be good in two years, but who knows, right? These guys are all so young. Um, it's going to be great to see that leadership ability from guys like Crosby um, and kind of bring that leadership ability into my roster for Team USA. I'm sure I can get into that uh, whenever you're ready. Yep, ready to go. Let's hear it. All right, so for my Team USA roster here, um, I kind of want to start it off a little differently than you, and I want to start with a a captaincy, and I believe that Patrick Kane may be the captain of that team, if not Austin Matthews or wow. Jack Eichel. So wow. I have three guys in mind there uh, who could have the C, could wear the C. Um, the reason I threw Jack Eichel in there is because he has the Stanley Cup and he was the captain of the World Junior Team. So um, I'll go with my roster here. I did construct it um, with lines that I think could could work out, but I also know, like, you know, you can't have three snipers together. Yeah. You can't have three playmakers together. Yeah. So uh, anyways, without further ado... I'm going to start with Matthew Kachuk, Austin Matthews, and Jason Robertson. 
followed by Brady Kachuk, Jack Hughes, and Kyle Connor, followed by Jake Gensel, Jack Eichel, and Patrick Kane, followed by Matt Boldy, JT Miller, and Clayton Keller. This means there's two extras involved. Um, these were the hardest part just because there's always going to be guys, you know, snubbed out. But I put Alex Dabrink and Cole Caulfield there. Doesn't mean they're not going to be in that lineup. It just means maybe maybe you have to bring it over Kane on that third line. You, you never know, right? But yeah. um, anyways, that leads me into my defenseman, and then you can kind of let me know what you think about the roster. But I have um, Quinn Hughes on that roster with Charlie McAvoy, Jacob Slavin with Adam Fox, John Carlson with Keandre Miller, and Luke Hughes and Brock Faber to end the the eighth D there. So um, obviously that needs some tweaking with you know the right shots to left shots. Um, I believe Keandre's a left shot and John Carlson's right shot, so I would have yeah. to fix those pairings. Yeah. But um, I guess I'll say my goalie's quick, and then you can chime in. I've got Jake Ottinger not making this team. That's that's kind of my tough spot with the goalies there right now. I've got Connor Hellebuck, Thatcher Demko, and Jeremy Swayman in net. I mean, I agree completely. Looking at this list, I agree completely with your forwards. I don't really see too much of a discrepancy between those players. I just feel like the hottest take would be Patrick Kane, especially saying that he would be the captain. Like, we'll see what happens with his injury, with his surgery, how he kind of fits that role on that team. Like, who knows if he'd want to be a second, third liner. Yeah. He probably wants to be the star on that team, just like he used to be, one of the yeah. best players that has ever worn the American flag on his chest playing hockey. But just kind of looking more, I think the biggest thing that I disagree with is your defenseman. And when I look at, you know, Keandre Miller, I, I just can't see that happening. I look at Luke Hughes. I look at Brock Faber. I don't see these players even coming close to not only as the, re the extras, but even on the lineup. I feel like everyone else is – Considerable, you know, Quinn Hughes, Charlie McAvoy, Jacob Slavin, great defenseman, very underrated. Adam Fox and John Carlson, those are studs, no doubt. I don't know, I don't have an answer as to who I think should take those spots, but I feel like, you know, Luke Hughes is kind of underwhelming of a defenseman than people make him out to be. And who knows what happens two years down the road. We'll see if Dougie Hamilton gets moved at the deadline or maybe later in the year. And then out of nowhere, it's Luke Hughes' team and Jack Hughes. But I don't see Luke as, you know, a clear-cut starter on this yeah, team. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, clear-cut, it's not fair to say clear-cut. Yeah. Um, it, it's so weird. He has two brothers that are obviously on the team, no doubt. But I, I can 100% see what you're saying. Like, you know, 2026, 20, he's only going to be, call it 22 years old, which is so weird. Yeah. And then he still has the 2030 Olympics when he's going to be 26. Like, he, he's not in his prime yet, and he won't be for a while. I totally get what you're saying. I, I feel like that take is kind of similar to me saying, like, Owen Power is going to be, like, a, like, on that second, third line defense pairing for Team Canada. So it's same boat. The yeah. goalies, I don't disagree with too much. I'm okay with that. I feel like Swayman, Demko, Hullabuck are all great starters. No matter if you throw Onger in there or if you do not throw him in there, you could almost take out or put in any of those four guys, and I feel like they're just going to be just fine. The only issue you're going to run into is who's going to start that gold medal game when they play against Canada. I know. So obviously a great topic, and I appreciate, you know, yeah, just you. before before you wrap that up too, we're gonna have these graphics posted on our Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, invest in hockey is the tag. Go have a look. Let us know what you think. I know it's tough to listen in and and kind of 
hear all, all of the words and all of the player names are saying. So have a look at the rosters. Um, Anthony's will be Canada, obviously, and Eric's will be Team USA. So, Yeah, perfect. And, uh, yeah, let us know what you guys think in the comments. Make sure to repost. We're going to be sending that graphic out to a couple places. But uh, without further ado, this is going to wrap us up for this week's podcast. And we'd like to thank everyone for uh, listening so far, joining us, and, you know, kind of still looking to upgrade our podcast and see what could change us. We had someone reach out last week uh, and say maybe look for some sponsorships, look for maybe adding a little bit of music within the editing. So we'll see with school and stuff. Obviously, everything gets a little bit busy, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, Anthony. Great podcast there. Always love the uh, debates, you know, Canada versus U.S., whatever it is. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. Sweet. Yeah. Thanks for joining everyone. We'll talk uh, next week.